and welcome back to the Legal Social Club, the best place for all the legal news, the best guests, um, all fads, trends, memes, and all in between in the legal sector. So, without further ado, let's get started. I am Jordan. My name's Rachel, and today we've got a very special guest. She's going to be talking about the hottest route into law at the moment. This person is a fifth-year solicitor apprentice at ITV. That's probably a big giveaway for anyone on Instagram. And our first ever guest is the amazing Holly Moore! Or football club. Everyone in the studio is going wild. Thanks, guys. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Holly. Um, And, yeah, I run that law blog on Instagram. I'm a fifth-year solicitor apprentice at ITV. Um, It's a six-year scheme, so I'm very nearly qualified. And... I was lucky enough to be the first in-house solicitor apprentice in the UK with ITV. So that's something that um, yeah, I'm really happy to share with you all. And I'm really excited to get into the podcast. Love last week's episode, guys. Um, and I'm so excited to talk to you both. Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting to have you. We are going to start with a um, quick fire round, Holly, for you just to warm you up a little bit, maybe even heat you up. I'm going first. I'm yeah. going first. So you're drunk. You're in the middle of London. Okay. Good start to this, isn't it? Drunk, middle of London. Um, hungry. You don't want to just raid the fridge when you get home. What fast food place are you going to go to? KFC. KFC? Really? Easy. Easy. And what's your Straight order? KFC. Oh, oh. question. I mean, if, let's be real, if I'm on my own, no, it doesn't matter. If I'm on my own or with other people, it's a, it's a choice between bargain bucket, classic, with beans, barbecue beans every time, or a boneless banquet if I'm not feeling the greasy bargain bucket. One of the two. But KFC for definite, 100%. Although there's not that many KFCs in London. I found out I work in there. Sometimes I get like a craving on a Friday for like a nice KFC lunch. And there's just no KFCs around. It's all posh. Push stuff, can't deal with it. <laughs> so, two, what star sign are you and do you even believe in them? Yes, for one, definitely believe in star signs, Capricorn all the way, and I'm a true Capricorn. So am I. Oh, you're in the crew. <laughs> every single thing online about what Capricorns are like, what traits they have, what their relationships are like with people, um, everything. It is literally me down to a T. Massive control freak, <laughs> so, really organised, knows what she wants. It's, it's me. Totally yeah. believe in it. Do you guys believe in it? Oh, 100%. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, um, we, I, we figured out uh, just before your birthday, actually, that I bet you're only four days oh, older yeah. than me, aren't you? Yeah, because you're... You were born. You were born on Christmas Eve. That's why you got Holly. Yes. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I just revealed that fact for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks, John. You messed it all up. No, I never ruined it. <laughs> we didn't need Holly. We just needed me as an in-person answer. <laughs> Holly's not even really here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I'm are forgetting really the biggest thing about Capricorns. Money. They love it. <laughs> oh, obviously. Oh. Obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like spending um, money. I like spending money. Yeah. Leave it at that. I probably don't have the amount of money that I'd like to have to spend it. 
<laughs> yeah, like, same. Life. I'm living that champagne lifestyle on that lemonade budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> third question do you have any tattoos yes two do you two where are they i've got one on my rib cage um and i've got one on my hip so Mm. both recent as well so i've got them both in the last year year um yeah just over a year so i've got one in december 2019 and one in december 2020 god 2019 sounds like it was only like last month or something but it was we're in 2021 now how mad's that how ridiculous yeah, I was trying to work out in my head like when did I get them but yeah <laughs> no, I was gonna say if you were gonna say 2020 I was like oh lockdown tattoos well not in lockdown <laughs> but like kind of you know special time it was, between, it was in between lockdown I had a lot of time to think about the tattoos but they're both very small um, yeah and they're both oh what are they can I ask yeah of course I've got um I can show you actually no one else can see no one else oh, can yeah. see I love little ones this is my oh cute so it's actually there's a really nice story behind it um so my dad passed away when I was 10 Mm -hmm. and he wrote me a letter to keep and that's his handwriting so they trace the handwriting from the letter and it says I'll love you forever oh my god they trace the handwriting and put it on my ribs so that was my first ever tattoo and then the other one is a bit I'm not going to show you it but (laughs) it's um it's the number three but the word of the number three, which is actually my football number. Oh, oh so then me, they're gorgeous. That's that's right on. Very imaginative. Very I like it. I like yeah. it. That handwriting one is so nice. It's amazing. And yeah, that's something you've got to think about. Either. Yeah, and it's so nice that sort of no one can see them and no one would ever know that they're there unless you asked. Yeah. And go on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to be fair, no one can see them. So this no is exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. So, I forgot what we were going to say. It's it's the big one, George. Oh, this is a big one. It's a big one. I've already warned you about this oh one. God, I'm nervous. So, Jordan is hopelessly in love with you as his crush, his straight crush. <gasps> Will you actually no? Hang on. Have you guys set a date? Will you marry him? Yes, I'll marry him. For one. We already spoke about this and I told him I was putting makeup on for this tonight. So if he didn't propose, then it would be a huge issue. And I mean, I'm ready when you are. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Well, we'll just see what happens later on in the episode, won't we? Stay tuned to find out. It's the the Capricorns, we're both left-handed. They're so, we just- Oh my God, yeah. I forgot about that. Both of you. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. You might be- And the fact that he messaged me and- told me that I looked nice in one of my photos and then also argued with himself through, until I read it, he argued with himself in my DMs before I even got around to reading it. And then now we've settled on the name. I actually screenshotted it and sent it to Rachel. I was like, I sound like such a weirdo saying this. Cause basically I messaged Holly. She put on um, a photo of herself um, and she looked very nice. Um, and I think it, it was something to do with like, going back to normality. And um, I, I replied, I sent, I, I commented on it. And then I sent, um, I sent Holly a DM and basically was like, okay, not to sound like a creep, but um, oh, I actually said not to sound like a creep. I'm gay. So I'm not yeah. coming on to you. But oh, I actually I'm didn't sure. say that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot that was the best. And then, oh. then I um I screenshotted it straight away. I was like, oh my god, Rachel, I've sent this to Holly, and it's come out the wrong way. No, um, you didn't know. I was like, yeah, that's fine. No, you don't look cringe at all, apart from this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I must have sent about forty DMs after, like, um, I didn't mean it in this sense. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, and oh then next God. thing you know, oh my God, oh no, because oh I was like, creepy, I swear. Because <laughs> I said, I said to Rachel, I was like, it's been two hours and she hasn't replied. I know she's busy, but she must have seen it. <laughs> yeah, he was literally terrified. I oh, literally uh, just read it and I, I thought to myself, I was like, hmm, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, it's 40 blossomed. later, I still like him. <laughs> now, our relationship is as strong as ever. We're getting married, exactly, exactly. Yeah. In fact, that was probably, that weird message was probably what sparked us talking so much. A hundred percent. And I think also it was nice to meet someone who was one really normal and one, uh, one and one. <laughs> one really normal and two really just honest and like happy to chat yeah. like there's no competitiveness and we were just like friends straight away yeah like, within about five messages I was like best friends for life yeah yeah literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> she was sending me she was sending me like um photos of her old like on the view from her office and everything <laughs> You're only allowed one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? I get asked this so much. We play games around the dinner table. Like if you only had one thing, what would it be? And I can never decide on the meal because I love everything. I'm such a foodie. Oh, me too. Yeah. Literally every single thing. The only thing I don't really like that much is mushrooms. Oh, I, I do like mushrooms now. The only thing I don't like is shepherd's pie. Oh, no, I like that. Oh, hate it. hate shepherd's pie. Oh, one meal um probably a roast dinner i just love roast dinners do you really do you know i actually think roast dinners are quite healthy aren't they yeah not bad it depends what you have because i have a huge amount of broccoli and cauliflower cheese i love cauliflower cheese literally eat a whole sort of thing of it um so probably probably that but if i could only have one food forever Oh, it's so hard. I love camembert cheese. Camembert cheese with chutney and crusty bread. But that, but you, if it's only one thing, you can't have the chutney or the crusty bread. What? No. Just I said camembert. one meal. She can have a roast. All right. Okay. You can have yeah. a roast and then you can have your camembert. Everything, all the trimmings, just to be fair. Just <laughs> in case it really happens. And one then huge meal. <laughs> Next question is, so the dance floor needs filling. What are the, who are the three people, anyone, any single person in the world, who are the three people you're putting on the dance floor with you? Besides me, of course. I was going to say, what music? What music is she going to oh. put on to fill the floor? Oh, well, no, I, I well, want to see who she's boogieing things, yeah. with. I want to see who's boogieing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. My sister. Yeah. Got to be my sister. She, out of everyone in the whole world, she makes me laugh like no one else. She has me belly laughing on a daily basis. And neither of us can dance. And it's just so funny. Um, so it's gotta be her. Um, on the dance floor. 
Jordan, I'm going to take you on there with me. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> You've yeah, got, you because you would just I know that you would make me boogie I can imagine you 100% 100% 100% literally with me and my sister <laughs> perfect you've got to send her that video now if you're dancing oh god so I tried doing a death drop um quite a while back you did it um and I did it I did it oh so. my god actually can I change my answer Jordan you're out RuPaul <laughs> Right, okay. Really your sister it is. I'll be the tag along at the side. Yeah, you can film it. <laughs> okay, so um favorite good snack, favorite naughty snack. Favorite good snack, protein bars, grenade protein bars, salted caramel flavor. They're yeah. on my stories. I love them. They are literally the best. I've got a whole like box of them in my cupboard at all times because you never know when you're going to need one. Um, and favorite bad snack, anything biscoff flavor. Oh, feeling you there. I'm obsessed with biscoff, and I really thought that the the more I ate it, the more I would go off it. But actually, the more I eat it, the more I love it. So, <laughs> relationship. I've just found some crunchy Biscoff in my cupboard. I'm like, yes, I thought Ooh. I'd run out. Have you had that one? No. Incredible. I have had that one. I've yeah. got the big, um, I think it's like a litre of Biscoff sauce. I got one last Christmas and I ate it. Oh, I think I saw it on your story. The huge squirty bottle yeah. of it. Yep. I've got one oh, of those and I've got the, the spread and the biscuits and yeah, basically anything Biscoff flavour. Mm. That's my go-to. What is your what has been your lockdown savior? Exercise, a hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, Good answer. I've made made time all throughout throughout all lockdowns from last March to exercise because that is the one thing that de-stresses me and that's always mm. my de-stress. Um, like my go-to sort of self-care thing is exercise, like whether it be going to the gym or even just like going for a walk, just getting outside and getting some fresh air. Like it doesn't have to be sort of doing a hit workout, but I've been through like different stages in my lockdown journey of exercise. Um, so like at the beginning, there was nothing like no gyms, no football, nothing. And I really wanted to stay fit. So I was sort of doing um like Instagram workouts and hit workouts and things like that um and then I went off those and then I started doing really long walks and then I started running um and now I'm doing like a mixture of all of them but I'm just waiting for football to come back because that sort of period when I was allowed to play football last summer that helped everything because mm. you can base your week around that um yeah yeah definitely exercise has been my lockdown savior I want to know prefer- what you guys are though Oh, Oh, mine's definitely not. So the first lockdown, mine was definitely exercise. Um, I I really, it was on, um, like on top of my exercise every day, doing home workouts, um, Mm -hmm. but like resistance bands and stuff. Uh, We've now got weights, so it's a lot better to do. But after the first lockdown and then the gyms opened, I was like, perfect, go back to the gym. Um, Really enjoyed doing that. And then we went into the second lockdown and like my, like, um, what's the word that my perseverance to exercise did not exist anymore so I was like I've realized how much I missed the gym went back to the gym for a few months and then now 
I don't think I've actually done a workout since December because I've just been that like deflated from it that I, I'm mm. like, well, I want, I want to go to the gym and I hate doing home workouts. Yeah, like to be real, well. home workouts yeah. is so like, they're just not the same as like being in a gym. Like I'm literally in my living, if I'm in my living room with some weights, like limited space, um, it, it's not the same. So exercise was my savior at first. Uh, but I'm going to say my saviour is my puppy that I got during lockdown. Um, oh, that's yeah. the best answer. Yeah, yeah. Got, I think so many people got lockdown dogs, though, didn't they? But um, the price for her extortionate. And every day I think, are you worth this? But no, I'm joking. No, she's, um, she's yeah, she's golden. Uh, she's eight months now. She's really, really, really good girl. Um, she's called Coco. But yeah, she's definitely my lockdown saviour. Uh, it would have been exercise, but that kind of plummeted. So now. I'd, what's what's yours, Rachel? The Peloton, hundred mm. percent. Like, because I've always. Did you get that in lockdown? Yeah, I got it in. Uh, when did I get it? August. So oh. was that still lockdown? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we've been in continuous lockdown. Yeah. It does feel like that. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't we'll just really... say the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> the full pandemic. During these strange times. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. All these uncertain times. There we oh. go. That's the legal cringe. These uncertain times. Yeah. Oh god. It's bringing yeah. it back again. Yeah. Oh god. Well, at least on the twenty, maybe on the twenty-first of June, we'll get our lives back. Okay. Um. What do you do? Oh, this is so twee, this one. What do you do to relax? What do I do to relax? I already know the answer, I think, reading. I don't really relax. Uh, no. <laughs> no, does any little student, do we relax? That's the whole of the topic. I, I don't. don't. Well. I've never heard of her. I'm a terrible, terrible relaxer. But I do, I mean, so my, what I like to do in my downtime is, yeah, read, definitely love reading. Um, exercise, sad as it is um and also just watching absolute rubbish telly like rubbish telly i've recently been watching shameless and mm. um, don't know if you guys have watched it Love Shameless yeah. cracks me up and then i just like watching like really bad telly like one thousand pound sisters and I've never heard of that what is oh, that it's it's two rather large ladies um, who happen to be sisters and together they weigh a thousand pounds. I've seen Facebooks, uh, I've seen videos yeah, on Facebook. All over Facebook. So I like to watch that to relax. And uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. See, I like that kind of TV as well. There's a TV show that. Um, does. Yeah. I feel like it's just like easy what it's like when you're hungover and you're like, just stick yeah. anything on um there's there's i can't remember what it is. it's your fault i'm fat right so it's about um it's <laughs> honestly good. yeah it sounds How lovely <laughs> i swear to god it's about kids right who are like between the ages of like 13 to 18 this. have you seen it yes. well good well good so yeah. um they well, the kids I don't are know blaming why. the parents yeah blaming the parents so they go on a diet and like you see the like weight loss like it's only in six weeks but like some of them lose like three stone and it's mad oh yeah with children, um, go and what i used to love when i was little but <laughs> and it sounds weird when i say this when i was little whilst watching this but now i think about it, it's like it's actually not the best tv program it's super size versus super skinny that was my favorite 
I used to love that. that. And embarrassing bodies. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like 11 look, watching embarrassing bodies, yeah. like, oh, God, that's scarring. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Right, I want to get into. I want to. I want to get to know the uh, the real Holly, the full, the full. I feel like we have a bit with this quick fire there. Yeah, we definitely, definitely, we definitely, definitely did. Um, I want to know more about your football background. Um, you just told us a little story about um your ITV joining the ITV football team, which I'm sure everyone want to know about as well. (laughs) So start from the beginning. Come on, bring us some. Uh, so I suppose we'll start with football. Um, how when did you start playing football? So I started playing football when I was five. I was really young, uh, really young, and I went to like a grassroots summer school. I don't know if you, whenever you guys were at school, uh, every sort of summer they would do a summer school where you'd go and do like football skills and stuff for a few days. Yeah, and I remember going, and I was the only girl there because um, my dad, my dad used to take me to. Uh, to all of like the football stuff and I was the only girl there but I didn't really just did not care and had the best time and then after then we started looking for sort of Sunday league teams and I joined like a brand new local boys team um, and it was me and one other girl uh, one other local girl so we joined them for under sevens I think so that was my first season um, and there's so many funny pictures of like all of us and then there's me and this other girl says, so me, a brunette, and then her, she was a blonde. And we're just running around, like, in our football kits that are so too big for us. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, just, like, chasing after the ball. No one had any positions. You just went where you were. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've played it ever since. I went through, sort of, the, the ranks with the boys' team. And then, because of FA rules, you have to... Uh, when a girl's 11, you can't play with boys anymore. You have to join a girl's team. Oh, really? You can be mixed up until you're 11, yeah. And then you have to join a girls' team. And there wasn't a girls' team uh, at the time. So we actually made our own to sort of partner with the boys' club. So we did that. Um, and I played with them for for years until I left school. Um, and then I joined um, the team that I play for now, which is still a local team, but we're in the uh, Eastern Region Women's League. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I think, Very I, good. I think, don't quote me on this, I think we're tier four um, of the women's pyramid. Right, so, yeah. okay. It feels, and so now I'm in women's football, obviously. Um, and yeah, that was a big, big step up. That's um, amazing, that. That is, that is really amazing. You must amazing. miss that so much. I do. Like, I really like that. that must be like a big, you know. I really, because yeah. I think when you dedicate a lot of time to something and that's you you become like a family with your football team yeah and when that it, it isn't just for fun either like we take it very seriously I take it really seriously we're very competitive we want to do well uh we were promoted last season so this season we really wanted to sort of make our stamp on the new league um and yeah when it all got sort of called off it was really sad because a lot of us that was our break from sort of work and everything else um and you know, when you think about in equivalent to sort of the men's level of where we're at currently, the men are getting paid at this level. Wow. But we're not. 
right okay yeah yeah all controversial yeah no 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 it's, it's true though isn't it it's, it's a very yeah. valid point because um like with you kind of your team being ranked so well is like amazing but at this point if it was a maybe a, a male football like football team it'd definitely be like a semi-professional kind of like team head like that yeah. sense and we're um, amateur still so it's, that is so wrong so yeah. is there a level my next question is like just come in from what you said what level do women get paid properly for what mm. they're doing on the pitch it's, it's still a good few leagues above us like really pete i've from my experience, women don't really get paid unless you're in the Super League, which is the very top league or yeah. the sort of championship league. So that'd be when you'd be playing for the likes of like Arsenal, Chelsea, Chelsea, things like that. Yeah, all of those. Um, so it's it's not like we would have the chance of getting paid at, at this at this level. Um, mm. But yeah, so when it all stopped for lockdown, it was... It was really annoying and we've sort of tried to set ourselves challenges to keep our fitness up because that's a huge thing and coming out of sort of two lockdowns going back into football and also it's the time uh, not only the fitness uh, we have to keep sort of match fit and mm. as a defender we don't really change our back four throughout the the entire 90 minutes so I play 90 minutes every week if I get if I get selected for the squad that week um so it's a lot of fitness to to get back up to if you haven't spent the time on it during the lockdowns and I think a few of us got caught out by that in the last in the last lockdown it was quite clear when we went back um but yeah we were setting ourselves like challenges like can we do can we run cycle walk this many miles together you know in this month and the management were doing it too and yeah so it's um great. it's been yeah. a nice journey yeah I can't see myself Some... giving up football ever like anytime soon i've had like a few sort of um injuries and wobbles yeah and also I, I thought to myself like a while ago do i need to choose between football and law and i mean football for me isn't a career anymore so it would be law that i would choose and, and my career yeah. but um like i didn't want to have to make that choice because yeah. even though it's a big commitment and you know you after my, my training's on a Wednesday for two hours um, from eight till 10 after work. So if when I'm in the office, it would be the longest day ever because I would get up at um, like half four, five, leave the house at half five, six, get to work at seven and work from then till six, get changed in the work toilets into my football stuff, wow. get on the train home, drive to football <laughs> for eight and then do football till 10 sometimes later than that and then get home for 11 and then get back up at like half four. <laughs> oh my god and then all day sunday because because of the league we're in we travel quite far so the traveling can be like up to six hours on a sunday um so it's, it's time consuming and i think it's quite hard to to manage that sometimes but it's uh i wouldn't change it definitely not i always knew that if i wanted to go professional and I think most most girls, women feel the same, that you have to do it when you're young. You have to get into these big clubs and and stay there, manage to stay there um, at a young age in order to to get anywhere with women's football because it's so hard and it's, it's really competitive. Mm. 
as it is with everything with mental but I think that's what draws me to it because I'm the biggest competitor like I'm the biggest competitive person that you'll ever meet yeah everything I do I feel like I'm either competing with myself or <laughs> things like football I'm competing against someone else like I turn into a different person when I step on that football pitch and people laugh because I just don't look like the person that I am on on the pitch yeah, yeah. like kind of small um person who like wouldn't say booty boots and I wouldn't like trust me I wouldn't and as soon as I get onto the football pitch it all changes a different like, person completely <laughs> yeah that's good that's a great outlet. no it is good it's really good and I think as well I can imagine that um and I, I obviously might be wrong here but I can imagine a lot of people like would question how good you are uh like and this is not me making a not me making an assumption at all um but like I can imagine there'll be some people with older thing older um views that might say like oh well like you want to play with all these men are you are you good enough uh, I can imagine that might have been something that you'll have faced at some point because some people unfortunately still have that same mindset where it's like, oh, but you you you're a girl. I can imagine people still would undermine you about 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 things like that, and it, it's not like I said, I might I might make an assumption, but I, can, I I just know that some people's views would be completely different on it, and it, it's a shame that one you're not at that level where that um, men men are at um, that they where they can get paid and the the moving. Um, kind of in the football career ladder, I suppose. Um, yeah. But also, because um, football is looked at as like a very male-dominated thing and women's football isn't even like as advocated as what it probably should be either. No, um, definitely not. I think what you just said really actually, it it resonated with me and brought up actually a memory of when I was young. And the thing that you hear all the time is, oh, she's good for a girl and it's yeah. like okay but why do I have to be good for a girl I can't why can't you just give why can't you give a compliment without kind of making it into a negative away, taking something away from it and yeah, yeah wow yeah I, just, I remember you're just good full family. stop like that's it yeah. like you you're good at football that's all you need to say exactly yeah and I think yeah I don't know I don't know what it is I feel like some people are just they just don't get it or they're threatened or I don't know that people people right, don't probably if it's if it's yeah, yeah it's just like, keep it real yeah right so obviously you are in your fifth year now of um your sister apprenticeship at itv obviously i'm sure everyone that's listening will already know this um but what we want to know is kind of the um the things that have opened up to you whilst starting your apprenticeship and progressing through it what are the things that have uh what opportunities have come your way from that and what what some some exciting things about um kind of your role in ITV as a whole that um we might not know yeah so some of my there's so many favorite moments and four years is such a long time to sort of go through there's so much that I want to cover um but just as a really kind of quick rundown of what I've done so far and where I've been. So my first year was spent with commercial marketing, legal affairs, uh, and they deal with sponsorship and advertising for uh, the ITV platforms and channels. Um, my second year was with ITV studios. So everything sort of program related, creating programs um, from production to going on to TV. Um, my third year, was a mix between global entertainment, which is 
uh, buying and selling formats. So buying in formats from production companies, selling them to production companies in other countries uh, to make, for example, um, an American version of Love Island. So we would sell uh, that okay. as an example. Um, and my fourth year was with commissioning. Uh, so people would come to us with ideas and we would draft up the agreements for, um, for those either to allow them to develop the idea or to, to get it to the production team to then get it on screen. Um, and I'm currently with the brand protection team, so I'm focusing on intellectual property um, around trademarks, trademark portfolios, um, and sort of risk assessing for, for all of the ITV group, really, at the moment. Um, in terms of the biggest opportunities that have come my way, there's just so many. Um, the facts, I think, just to touch on the fact that I've been able to have industry experience for four years, um, whilst I was doing my degree, most people wouldn't be starting their experience until my point now, as I'm doing the SQE, um, yeah. my law degree last year. So the fact that I've just had four years experience in, in, in the industry, um, yeah. worked in so many different teams and, and had that is a massive opportunity for me and just a huge, huge benefit. And I've, I've loved every single second of it. Um, and just working with, these teams above the level that that I am because where I've got the experience now I don't feel like a trainee I feel like a junior lawyer and I'm treated like that which is so nice right. even though technically I am a trainee now um I I was talking to you earlier I joined a, a heads of legal meeting today and I was the only non-head of legal and a very junior non-head of legal um at the meeting and it just felt surreal and just weird that 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 opportunity was even offered to me um but yeah I think things like my my sort of best opportunity that got given to me was when I was in studios so that was my second year and I think that was the the seat that sort of resonated with me the most through this process maybe until um my IPC because I felt like the team were so supportive of me and wanted me to have this independence so early on and have my own shows to look after. So the way that work was allocated was new shows would come in and you got given the shows that were on air at the moment because it obviously changes all the time. Um, so I worked under some really amazing lawyers, uh, really creative people. And um, I got offered the the opportunity to work on I'm a Celebrity for that year which was amazing and like a, a huge dream come true for me because I love the show anyway so to work on it and to be trusted to work on it as well with all of the sort of confidential stuff and um, all of the information that I was trusted with and the fact that I was trusted to draft these agreements and negotiate them so early on when I was literally I was 19 it was wow. a huge huge deal for me so that was it kind of blew me away and that things like that just boost your confidence I think so yeah. like all of these opportunities that have been given to me and that I'm now putting myself out to get um have all boosted my confidence in a way and they've made me a much better lawyer than I think I would have been had I not taken the apprenticeship route um because I don't really second guess myself anymore because I think well you know, people come to me now for not advice, but 
in terms of because I've worked with so many teams they're like oh who do you talk to in that team about that and oh you worked in this team can you just look at this for me because I've never looked over a commercial agreement before I've never worked on commissioning so or even now like I was working on a show today and I'm like I recognize that name and it turns out that I'd taken it I'd taken control of it in studios and then commissioning and now in IP so the opportunity to work on shows from all different angles um, and get that sort of variety of experiences yeah it's huge but having the support of my colleagues is is massive in that for me because I really don't feel like I would have had the confidence to do all of the stuff that I've done without that it's such great legal experience it really is you find um during your degree that it made your degree easier maybe particularly like the contract law and the understanding of that area well um (laughs) confession time I hate contract law we talked about this the other day we were talking about this the other day he was talking about how much he loves it and I just absolutely despise it I cannot stand it but it is the the area of law that I use the most at work so I think I just can't stand the theory of it but I love the practice of it I agree with you there and I've come across it in my yeah in my business a lot and I thought going into it I think oh contract law is going to be so easy for Mm. me but the theory of it must have took me an entire year to get my head around it was my worst grade of my whole degree yeah literally my worst grade of my very hard subject actually really is to to grasp you know like to yeah once you do it's okay but yeah and it's probably different then in real life it's totally different (laughs) really like law isn't practiced the same way as you read it in a book but I do feel like with with my with my degree it taught me a lot in terms of I know that I needed to know the knowledge um, but yeah, the practice of it was very different. Mm. Um, and especially in-house because in-house is very much about um, being commercial and making things work for the business. So even if it's not necessarily the right thing to do, if you looked at a case about it or things like that, they might say the risk is too high and we wouldn't do that. But because you have to be a commercially minded lawyer, you think, okay, so maybe we don't do it that way, but maybe we do it another way. And it's a totally different approach to textbook law. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Um, this is this is what we need to hear about the SQE. This is what we really need to hear and about the apprenticeship. Because this makes me think, wow, I wish I'd have done that. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. The amount of time experience. Actually, I'd prepared my own question for you if you would let me ask. And oh. I was I was gonna ask you if you had been, if you take yourself back to your A-level self. Um, and apprenticeships were a thing would you do you think that knowing what you know now do you think you would have um, considered the apprenticeship route million percent one million percent I said this I think I actually said this in our last episode if I was to go down a different route if I was to go back to kind of the roots of like figuring out what I want to do without a doubt I would have chose the solicitor route Uh, that obviously solicitor route I'm doing the solicitor route uh, the apprenticeship route because what is the not to okay you're missing out on that you uni lifestyle but yeah to what extent is that even like a whole part of university how, how important that is to you because exactly my, my main thing is that I always say every time I talk about it I'm like I'm not devaluing the university traditional route like for yeah, some yeah. people that is the route and that is the route that they should go 
because it suits them but mm-hmm. for me that wasn't the route for me because it didn't suit me so this yeah. was the right thing for me to do and yeah. I talk to a lot of people that say oh no I wouldn't do it because it's too much work and it's it's too much all at once and I don't want to do both and that's totally fine and totally valid mm-hmm. um, but I think for like a massive group of people now it's like oh I wish I would have done that even the firms that have taken these solicitor apprenticeships on and said like we're going to do this even some of those weren't fully on board the people who were doing it because I remember going to um a firm for an interview uh for a for a solicitor apprenticeship and it was a few days before my ITV interview I think and I remember going into their offices and having the assessment day and going into the final interview of the day and it was with a partner and I sat down with him and he was the most awful person he put me down he ripped my cv apart he absolutely went through my cv pulled bits out and sort of threw them at me and was like oh so you do um give me an example of when you've been a leader so i would say something like um i was captain of my football team you know whatever you say when you're 18 and you're trying to think of a time when you're a leader yeah yeah. um he would be like oh so you assume uh, you assume the leadership position without even asking anyone. You just take that on and you uh, you like boss everyone around. And I was like, no. And he sort of, he said to me, oh, your grades are good. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I thought, great, we're getting somewhere. And he said, oh, you, you mustn't have many friends. And I was like, what? Uh, what? sorry. <laughs> and it was just the most surreal, weirdest experience. And I remember walking out thinking I did my best but I don't care if they offer me the job I don't want to work there no because I knew that he wasn't on board with the solicitor apprenticeship scheme he was not into it he didn't want to be there he did not interview me and I thought I do not want to work for a firm or any company that doesn't that is doing value like they're doing the box and I don't think any firm is doing that now because they see the value in it what would you do, Rachel, in terms of like, if you yeah, went sorry, back? Yeah, you... I feel like I totally hijacked that there. I asked you a question, then I answered it. <laughs> oh, was that for, oh. <laughs> yeah, what would, what would you do is would it, you uh, if, if you could go back and if you what, could choose a solicitor apprenticeship? If you could choose a solicitor apprenticeship, would you? Yeah, I would, because like the experience, I, well, actually I said, yeah, at the same time, but I think we all went, yeah, at the same time. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. What you've said about the experience you've built up in all these different areas of law. I mean, you guys were saying more about like ITV and that, you know, you said, Jordan, like if they've invested all that time in you, why would they not, you know, why would they not want to keep you going? And why would you not want to stay there? But if Holly didn't want to stay there and did want to move on, well, well, fantastic, because she's got like, look at that experience. Yeah. Which is something that me as a mature student with, a lot of stuff behind me I'm really struggling to get that legal experience yeah until recently when you know something changed but yeah it's it's difficult and I think it's just if I well let's take my children if they wanted to go into law I'd be saying let's I think you should do this route because you're going to be earning and you're going to be becoming an adult quicker because all the stuff that comes with earning so I think yeah great let's get people growing up a bit you know Mm, yeah it definitely changes your mindset entering the workplace and even things such as like I've learned so much and had so much personal development over the last four years like I've spoken I mean, to you guys, see it. yeah like, briefly, 100%, yeah. 
anxiety journey and things like that and the last four years has just really changed how I deal with things how I deal with situations and myself as a person my outlook as well even things like walking into the office like office etiquette do you know what I mean like yeah some things that you would never think about when you're 18 and you walk into an office and I think oh how am I going to sign off my emails because everyone signs off emails differently so yeah yeah what, yeah, what, yeah. What these things are going to be like who am I going to be as a lawyer and who do I want to be like? And you get to pick that up off so many different people when you're like, I've learned who I don't want to be. And then I've learned who I do want to be. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's a huge benefit. Everyone going. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think as well though, like, like you kind of make uh, like what Rachel was saying, you, you kind of, it, t- it teaches you life skills in general, like being an adult, it's not, it's not something that's just like, you finish uni, you're 21 years old, well, if you go down the traditional, go straight from A-levels to uni, 21 years old, finishing uni, okay, but can you give me um, maybe an example of when you've had to deal with a difficult client, um, what, can, can you um, work as a team effectively, um, uh, alongside that, can you work you work kind of um individually to be able to do xyz for us when actually you you haven't but these skills come from anywhere so you could be stacking shelves in a supermarket it's like right okay well you've got good communication skills because you're you're speaking to people that are customers you've got good uh, teamwork skills because you, you might be getting involved with the the daily huddles and um giving ideas and so people shouldn't worry about not being able to provide those transferable skills from any co- course, but uh, sorry, not course, career or job, um, even if it's part-time at uni, but at the same time, if you don't have them skills in the first place, if you've just kind of gone uni, done the experience, not worked, like just partied all the time, you're going to struggle more. You are going to struggle more. And this is not me saying like, okay, I'm forcing you to go and get a part-time job. Not doing do not... No, 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 no. It's just that um, you, like, what I'm trying to say is transferable skills come from any single, any job that you do. You can be literally filling up tires. Not even a job. It could be like voluntary roles. It could be yeah. if, you can't, if you can't get a job, you know, like people, I get a lot of questions. People are struggling during the pandemic to find uh, legal work experience or any work experience because uh, like I had a part-time job through my A-levels mm. at, shop, at House of Fraser, but shops are shut. So how, how are you going to get how a job? Do you do that? And there's so many other things that you can do. You can go to these virtual insight days, like use that as your experience. Use networking as your experience. And yeah, definitely, definitely. Volunteering, team sports, like any hobbies, anything at all, just use it to your advantage. Yeah, your Instagram as well. Instagram's yeah. a big thing. That's like, it's a big networking platform for you to be able to... Like you could even kind of link it back to helping other students success and things like that. Do you know what I mean? So I think we will end the episode here. Thank you so much, Holly, for coming on and teaching us more about apprenticeships and just your life in general. It's really, really interesting to get to know you a little bit more and I'm sure everyone's gonna love listening to it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely loved every second of this five-hour recording. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, it's been lovely. It's been really lovely to have you on. It's been really interesting to find out more about the football side of things, actually. And not only that, 
from the beginning, the family time. I've loved it. I feel like I know you now yeah. in the best way. And it's just thank you so much for giving up your evening. And it has been a whole evening. Um, it really has, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's, but it's been wonderful. I hope everyone that's listening to this enjoys it as much as our first episode. I'm sure you will. Got a good insight into the SQA. Um, please leave us any comments or compliments on at Legal Social Club on Instagram and at Legal Social Club One on Twitter. More of the compliments and the comments, please. And that's a wrap, I think. It is. Uh, other than that, we'll talk to you later. 